Salwete. I am Brandon Lewis, Brandon Lee Lewis, and this is The Evergreen Tree. In this episode, I'm going to follow up on the point that I was making in the last episode. So let's start right on it. In the last episode, I pointed out a scenario where the Supreme Court could step in and cause a revision of the 2020 general election. Notice I'm not saying the Supreme Court will overturn the choices because the Supreme Court does not have the constitutional authority to do so. If the Supreme Court rules what happened in Pennsylvania as unconstitutional, then most likely, I see, that it will go back to the states and they will have to rectify the situation. Most likely they will have to throw out the votes that don't count. Now, the Supreme Court cannot force the state of Pennsylvania to do that. They cannot send an army to force them to do that or any police force. All that they can do, the Supreme Court of the United States, is issue a judgment. And the states will have to, in turn, follow through on that. Now, that's what that's where it lies. And I wanted to make this point because I don't want any of you who support Trump to get your hopes up. And therefore, through that hope, you will ask or you will wish for the Supreme Court to do something that is unconstitutional, which is to force them to overturn their count or force a ruling upon them through some show of force. The judicial branch has no way to enforce anything. It is not the executive branch. So, You ask, well, why did you talk about that in the first place? Well, number one, I see that what happened was unconstitutional, number one, and that us, the American people, must know about that. And number two, which is the uh, main purpose, well, the other one is a main purpose, but just as important, I will say in the immediate future, it could be very important very important, which is this. If the Supreme Court does rule against the state of Pennsylvania and say that what happened there was unconstitutional and therefore uh, in the minds of the people make it appear that that the president-elect Joe Biden is no longer the president-elect. And notice I say appear because the president-elect, Joe Biden, is not the president-elect Joe Biden. The real election hasn't happened yet, and I will get to that. But if the Supreme Court does rule that what happened in Pennsylvania is unconstitutional, then I fear that there are many people in this country who think that Joe Biden right now is the next president they will see that he all of a sudden is not 
the next president of the United States. And because they put so much emotion, they staked so much emotion on the election and the results that happened. And then afterwards, the media told them falsely, by the way, that Joe Biden is the president-elect. There's no such thing as that. And the people have believed what the media said. And then after that, the media and Joe Biden himself was telling everyone, okay, you can go back to sleep now. Everything is okay. The boogeyman is gone. And most of you think that, or most people in this country, I'm not saying you because you may not think that way. But most people in this country, or a good percentage of people in this country, I should say, a good percentage of the people of this country felt that, okay, the boogeyman is gone and we can just go about our business and do whatever we have to do and not think about this stuff anymore because everything is well in the land. We got rid of the blight called Trump. And then all of a sudden, Trump is back through the Supreme Court, supposedly. And then Biden's future presidency is in jeopardy. Those people, when viewing a situation like that through that lens, I see most likely because of their lack of knowledge of certain things, they will be out in the streets and it will not be peaceful. It will be pretty violent. It may be historically violent. So I made the last podcast to let people know of that possible scenario to de-prep you. See, the media has been prepping the American people for that surprise. So I made the last episode to warn people of that surprise. And it is because of what happened in Pennsylvania. Now, if they would have done correctly, then we wouldn't really be talking about this. And this has happened in other states, too. So there you go. Now, again, I am not for Trump, but I am for the Constitution, and the Constitution has to be followed. And the Constitution in some of these states was not followed. I don't, I don't care who's elected for the most part, especially in this election, because I have no horse or I had no horse in this race. I wasn't, I wasn't for Trump. I wasn't for Biden. So I'm really for the constitution of the United States period. And in Pennsylvania, it was overstepped by the actions of the government, by the governor of Supreme. Sorry. It was overstepped the Constitution of the United States was overstepped by the governor, there you go, the governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf. And then later on, he got the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, of Pennsylvania, to rubber stamp what he was trying to do. And it says explicitly in the Constitution that the state the legislature has the authority to set election law, not the governor. Not the Supreme Court, but the state legislatures. And they stepped outside of their lane by doing what they did. Therefore, leaving the door open for a possibility for Trump to come back.
See? Now, I'm just putting this out there to warn you. Now, how likely is the Supreme Court going to overturn this? I don't think it's very likely for this very reason. It is the same reason in which I had just told you. The justices of the Supreme Court are very intelligent, and I'm pretty sure they know in the front and in the back of their minds that a ruling that will cause Trump to be president after all will cause much violence. So they may, as a consequence of the potential violence and unrest, go against their principles and not rule it unconstitutional. Or they may just overlook the case altogether. I don't know. But there is a big chance that they may do that. Now, some of you out there are probably wishing that they would do that. Now, those of you who are Americans, and I'm not talking about those of you who are for Trump, because there are some of them who are for Trump would want the Supreme Court to rule in their favor, in favor of Trump, and then send the military to come in and to force the ruling. And that's wrong, that's wrong too. But some on the other side would want the Supreme Court to overlook this. Now, granted, the Supreme Court very well may do that, but Americans would wish that they do not do that. Why? Because it means that in a later election, somebody who is far worse than a Joe Biden or a Tom Wolf or justices in the state level, there may be justices in the state level who are far worse than the justices who were on the state level in this situation. They may be in office or in a position at a later date to do the exact same thing. And because president has been set, they most likely will get away with it. You see, these kind of things is what paves the way for a Caesar or a Pompey or a Henry VII or a Hitler or a Stalin or a Castro. The list goes on. This is what happens. This is what happens when a republic is dissolved, when it's ignored, when its laws, the rule of law is ignored. You see, in the United States of America, the primary rule of law is actually directed towards the government itself. And this is what many here in America do not understand. They think that the law of the land is actually directed or is directed towards the people. But really, it is actually directed from the people to the government. And so if a president is set to where a governor can just do whatever he wants and set whatever rules he wants to have in an election, especially if he has an interest in it to where his buddy may get elected. I'm not saying this is what happened in this case, but maybe you can make that, you, you can surmise that. But if you get put into a situation, if he's in the situation to where he does that, then the president has been set. 
if he if if at a later date a governor decides to do this again, then a court can say, well, it happened back in 2020, so what's the big deal? Well, it's unconstitutional, yes, but since we didn't follow it then, then why should we follow it now? So you see how these things can snowball. We have to fix this now. So that's why I hope that the Supreme Court will, will do their duty based off of the things that I've seen now. There may be some other details that I didn't see that may cause the Supreme Court of the United States to justly say that no rules was no rule was broken. Okay. I may not have seen everything there is to see, but based off of what I have seen and the things that I have read to you in the previous podcast. Yeah, something went pretty wrong in Pennsylvania, and I would hope that the Supreme Court would fix it. Now, granted, their backs are against the wall, and there are they have been put into a position where you either do your job, or they they're put into a position which is you do your job, risking violence, or you don't do your job, and you don't get the violence. So. There you go. And also to the Supreme Court, I'm pretty sure none of them wants to be put into a position to where they decide a presidential election. They don't want that. But we'll see. Now, again, the primary reason in in the immediate timeline, the primary reason is to let those who put their emotional hope or their all of their emotions, they let their emotions ride on the results of this general election for the so-called presidency. And they think it's all over. And then just like a last boss or a, a uh, enemy in a horror flick, they all of a sudden come back to life. And when people see that, who have invested emotionally for a certain outcome, and to have that outcome snatched right out of their hands, yes, they're, they're going to be pretty upset, and you're going to see some things burn. You may, you may see some people be seriously hurt. So that's that scenario, and I wanted to clarify that now. There's another way where the people who heavily emotionally invested in this general election and the appearance of Joe Biden being elected, there's a way where they can be uh, disgusted again. Or there's another way where they can be disgusted or dejected or feel like that they have had victory snatched out of their hands and probably unfairly. Now, granted, if the Supreme Court, again, to go back in the previous, uh, uh, the other situation that I spoke about, if the Supreme Court rules that is unconstitutional, especially after the, if they use the things that I've seen and looked at, and they write in their ruling that that's what it was, 
then it is fair, okay? It is fair. And that will lead to a situation to where I would think that many of you who had invested in Trump being gone and if victory is snatched out of your hands, that will lead many of you to call for the uh, abolishment of the Constitution of the United States. Some of some some of the people of the of this country are already calling for that. Now, let's get back to this next scenario, how this could happen, uh, which will lead to the same place, which I have stated. Well, place this. Now, here's the second situation. So, say that uh, the Supreme Court. It, it, what it decides, it really doesn't. Well, say if the Supreme Court does not rule that what happened in Pennsylvania and well, let's stick to Pennsylvania is not isn't unconstitutional, meaning that Pennsylvania did not break any election law. Okay, or they just don't hear the case for some reason or hear any complaint based off of that for some reason. Does that mean that Joe Biden is actually the next president? Folks, Joe Biden, even though even though the media has said that he is the president-elect, Joe Biden, we don't know if he's the next president. Why? Because the real election has not happened yet. You see, the real election for the president of the United States actually happens in December. And those votes are counted after that election, after the votes are gathered gathered from the electors from each state and sent to Washington, D.C. Then those votes are opened up are opened up by Congress. They read the votes. And whoever comes up on top, then is president. So you see, we have we have at least a month before the start of that process. And I sort of hit on that in the last episode because I brought up a point in how pres uh, how the state of Pennsylvania selects their own electors. You see, it's different for each state. And how they select the electors. Why? Because the state legislature of each state uh, is responsible for uh, setting voting procedure. And they have to put it into law through a, through a uh, general conference. Okay? So, to get back to what I'm saying here is basically this. The popular vote for the presidency that happened in uh, early November, that was not the election for the president of the United States. Okay. Now, here's the next point in this subject. I can hear some people saying that, or I'll present it this way. Does the electors of each state have to vote along what is what is uh put out to them from the popular vote do they are they authorized by law to do that no they're not 
even if a state law says that a elector or an elector must vote along with the popular vote of the state or their whatever their district that still does not mean that it's constitutional for them to make a law like that that still does not mean it's right and that still does not mean even more importantly these laws have not stopped or it, it may not stop electors from doing this now some laws like this on this on, on the books for some states make it a misdemeanor if uh let's say if if some laws on the books make it a misdemeanor for an elector to vote against the popular vote of his state and voting contrarily to what the uh popular consensus is as to who should be the president then they are subject to a misdemeanor now if you have some people who very strongly have a stance on something or very strongly uh, uh, stand on who should be the president and they are very sound in their reasonings, then especially if that person feels like that they are duty bound uh, to do what they feel is right, then no law is going to stop them. If you threaten them with a with a penalty or jail time, those who have the those who feel that they have a sense sense of duty to actually do their job, no threat is going to stop them. There are people that are out there who are like that. So where does this lead us? This leads us to a possibility that, or a possibility that if things stand as they are now and the popular vote appears or the popular vote continues out as it appears to have been going right now, then there could be a situation where people will think as the media is saying that Joe Biden is the president, but he's not the president. And then when the actual election occurs, which involves the electors from each state and certain electors go against their uh, popular vote of their state, then Trump may actually win the election of the president for the United States of America because he got the most electorate votes. You see, it's the elector, the electoral college, that's where it counts. And I am hearing the gripes from the ether. And you want to get rid of the electoral college because you see it as a threat. But the Electoral College was put into place to get rid of threats. And if you want to find out what that threat is, you have to read the Federalist Papers. Now, I did talk about this not in the previous episode, but in the episode before that. 
in regards to the electoral college. And if you want to look at that, you can go back and listen to that. Now, I understand some of you want to get rid of the electoral college. And you may not or you see it as essential that the vote for the presidency should be in the hands of the people. And I can see where you're coming from with that because the president has gotten so much power, power that was not given to him or power that the constitution did not design for him to have. The presidency has it now. And you see, you, the people have more of a sense of urgency in regards to that office. So they want to be more hands-on with it. So as a result, they, they're calling for the uh, abolition of the Electoral College. I get it. But there's a different remedy to, to this situation. How about bringing the presidency back into its constitutional boundaries? And it doesn't matter if that person is a Republican or Democrat or whatever party or anything or who he is. You bring that office back to its constitutional boundaries then I can rest assured that most of you could care less rather the president is elected by an electoral college because he has less ability to take power over your decisions. You see, right now, the president, in all intents and purposes, have been legislating laws through executive orders. And it's not just Republicans doing it. Democrats have done it as well. So in the modern sense, most people who have had who have held that office are guilty of that. But they didn't get there on their own. It was the American people that let them do that, that actually called for them to do that. See, it all rests on us. Now, to get back to this situation. Again, this will lead us into a situation, into a possibility to where even though the popular vote says that we uh, it wants Biden for president, the electors through their vote could say, well, I hear what you're saying, popular vote, but we the electors, Trump is the person. Or it may not even be Trump. It could be uh, Jesse Ventura. Well, in my opinion, was actually the best candidate on the ballot even though most some states didn't even allow him to be on the ballot. So anyway, out of all the people that I've seen who was running for president, he had the uh, Constitution of the United States mostly in mind. I didn't see that from <laughs> uh, I, I didn't see that from other folks. Most folks was saying whatever they could, whatever they can, and in some cases whatever they could not say just so that they can get elected. And that's very dangerous. But anyway, the electorates could get together and say, Joe Biden is not president. Someone else is president. And in the case, uh, or to the terror of many, the electorates could say through their vote that Joe Biden is not pres president. Joe Biden is not president. Donald J. Trump is president. And if that happens, 
Again, the same, I project that the same result would happen as in the first case, which is people will be out in the streets, things will burn, and people will be hurt. And we've, the, the, the riots that we saw at the beginning of 2020 or the earlier parts of 2020 and during the summer or, you know, the riots during the summer and maybe late spring of 2020, we thought those were bad. <laughs> oh, just wait. These will be pretty bad. Now, I'm hoping by making this episode that I am contributing to the to the uh, disarmament of that possibility. You see, I'm not trying to predict, predict anything here. I'm actually trying to defuse a situation. I do not want the American people to be used to destroy the very thing that has given them happiness or the very thing that has allowed them to have happiness. Especially because they don't know any better. Especially because someone who, who understands uh, public uh, relations and, and public resources and, and manipulating people. Those people who sociopathically who was sociopathically would say anything to get whatever they want they will use people in whatever shape or fashion in order to get whatever they want set up a scenario to where either way depending on what uh depending on which way the uh the uh scenario plays out it will wind up in a way that they want it. In other words, Hegelian dialect. I am trying to defuse that situation with this episode. Now, I know some of you will be upset. I understand that. But at least, if you know it beforehand, then the shock will not be so prevalent Therefore, putting you out on the streets, not knowing what you are doing in the moment that you're doing it. I'm trying to defuse the situation to where if if people get into uh, uh, get into a mindset thinking that things are as the narrative says, and then all of a sudden it's not, and then you get blinded with rage with rage and and you're out in the middle of the street tearing things up otherwise good people but you're out there tearing stuff up destroying destroying the very thing that has allowed you to be happy and then later on call for the destruction or the abolishment of the Constitution of the United States, or at least the Electoral College, without knowing what's in it and without knowing the true intentions behind it. You see, I'm trying to 
nullify the potential of the American people from making a very, very big mistake. You see, this is very crucial right now. And this is why I constantly say, read the Constitution, read the Federalist Papers, so you know what's going on and you will not be blindsided by these you know, by these things that could happen. And then also, too, most likely we, we would not even be in a position where we're talking about Trump as a president and a Joe Biden as a president because the American people will be so astute that uh, gentlemen like them will not have a chance at being any public servant, let alone president of the United States. I mean, if if Americans really were up and knew or at least read the Constitution of the United States in the Federalist Papers and have a flavor for it, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Trump or a Biden and, and many of the people in the House of Representatives and in the Senate they wouldn't even be in Washington, D.C. or on Capitol Hill or in the White House cleaning the toilets. The American people will make sure, the American people will make sure that these folks are far away from the government process. But because the American people does not have a basic understanding of the Constitution and the uh, Federalist Papers and the uh, founding philosophy of this country, well, then we are in the position that we're in. And that has allowed for things to erode to such a point to where a Trump could become president, to where Joe Biden could be in the government for 10,000 years. So it ultimately comes back on us. So that's why I'm talking to you, the American people. Let's stop making stupid mistakes. No more stupid mistakes. No more being tricked into giving things away. Therefore, allowing tyrants to gain more power. You see, you think Trump was a bad guy. Oh, Trump is nothing. Trump is nothing. Just like in the Roman Empire or the Roman Republic, you would think so-and-so was bad. You know, uh, like a, uh, I don't know, like a Lucretius or somebody like that. Or you, you would think that they were bad or, or Brutus was terrible or, I don't know, I'm just throwing names out there. Joe Schmo was bad. You know, the, the latest guy on top, he's terrible. But I'm telling you, there is a guy or a person, or a group of people, like a Caesar, and along with him, a Pompey, who sees the handwriting on the wall. And they see that if things go as things have been going, then the opportunity will come for them to take control of the entire situation, take control of the entire country, and kill or 
rule over the carcass, which was the Republic. You see, the, the Civil War that was fought basically with one side, which is Caesar, and Pompey on the other side, was basically a war between two factions. And the winner would rule over the, over the body or the dead body of the Republic as its king. You see, this is where we're headed. And Trump isn't that guy. He's not that guy. We haven't seen that guy yet. But he's out there. And if we keep going the way that we are, we will see him. We will see him. Now, so, I don't want you to be blindsided by these two situations. They're possible. They are very possible. And if you are listening to this podcast and you didn't didn't know these things and you have other people who who are sitting back in their in, in their house and thinking that everything is okay you should you should uh play this podcast to them because it ain't over they have to know that it's not over and if they know that it's not over they will not be surprised and if any of these scenarios play out or any other scenario well and these are the two that I see that actually goes along with the Constitution. But if these scenarios play out, then they will not be surprised because they saw the possibility of it coming beforehand. And if they're not surprised, then it's less likely that they will become blind with rage. That's where this is going. See, the key here is to have the people be blinded with rage. Therefore, they will destroy their own country and it will allow the possibility or it will make the door become wide open for a seizure to come in. Now, it can't happen in the other way as well, because you have some who are for Trump. Who, like I said, would want the Supreme Court to issue a ruling and then send in a force to make Pennsylvania either do a re-election or do the election all over again or to throw out the votes. And that's not constitutional either. So you see how Hegelian dialect is working, the Hegelian trap. Any of these two roads from the so-called Democrat faction or the Republican faction in these regards will lead to the same place. It will lead to unrest and the Constitution or the, the knowledge of the true American philosophy will be put into jeopardy. Again, we have to read the Constitution of the United States and the Federalist Papers. And we have to get smart. We have to understand our principles. We have lost our principles. If we knew our principles, we wouldn't be here in the first place. Well, how did the president of the United States get so powerful? Well, big part of it is, is again, 
The American people do not understand their government. They do not understand how it works, how it was designed to work. And they do not understand the philosophy of what being an American is. They think, oh, Americans, they, they're just uh, racist white people who used to own slaves back in the day. No, that's not it. We can't say these things without reading the words of the founding fathers. Oh, I read them. You did. Or have you or are you just merely repeating what someone said that they think that these uh, men have said? You see, you have to actually read this stuff. And when you read them, you, you will be surprised. I don't care who you are. When you sit down and read the words of the founding fathers at the for the first time, you will be delightfully surprised. Even if you don't want to be. Even if you want them to be uh, uh, raving mad racist. You won't find that. Yes. In some regards, they were racist. But at the same time, they knew that they weren't perfect. And because they knew that they weren't perfect. They were looking for a possibility or they knew that there was a possibility that what they think is wrong and they left it open for for uh, or they did not allow those sentiments to creep in to the foundation of the Constitution. Again, the three-fifths clause, it does not say that black people are three-fifths of a man. That's not what it was in there for. It was in there for an entirely different thing. Again, to sum it up real quick, is that the southern states wanted to count their slaves in a the, in the general census, therefore getting more uh, seats in the House, and the states in the South would get more pow power, but they did not want to allow their slaves to vote. And the northern states was saying, hey, wait a minute, Junior. Wait a minute, cousin. Not Junior, but wait a minute, cousin. You can't have, you can't count your slaves, therefore giving you more seats in the house and then not allow them to vote. Because if they don't, if, if they don't vote, then uh, those, those districts that got added because you counted those people, then who, who are voting those representatives in? Who are, who are those representatives uh, representing if they don't vote? And the, the southern states were saying, well, look, we have to take care of them. They're down there, and we're still going to count them. And basically, it caused a deadlock in the, uh, uh, the uh, congressional convention. So they made a compromise, which is the three-fifths compromise if if i got the uh, uh the fraction correctly if i have the fraction wrong well i'm sorry but it it was a fraction of a count and that compromise basically said that you can't count them full because you 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 are not allowing them to vote and with that compromise that consensus they were able to they were able to move on you see that was a point that almost killed the uh the birth or almost killed the constitution before it was born so they had to make a compromise on that but it has nothing to do with saying or it has nothing to do by deeming that black people are less of a man that's not it 
That's not what it says. That's not what was going on. And all of this stuff is documented. You can go back and read the notes of James James Madison and some of the uh, uh, other writings of the founding fathers, and, and you will see it right there. But what I'm saying is, is that with the Constitution of the United States, we have to know our government. We have to know our founding philosophy. Otherwise, we'll lose it. And we have been losing it because we do not know these things. We do not have a basic understanding. And because we don't have a basic understanding, we don't realize the possibility or we don't realize that we have the responsibility to seek our own happiness, to take care of ourselves, to establish our own communities and, and to not forget the principles that our communities or our country was based upon. Therefore, if we did have a basic understanding of these things, then there will be a, a, a situation in this country where the communities will grow or continue to stay healthy. And even though people will think differently, we still can coexist with one another because we are not trying to dictate what other people should be doing. But right now we have something that is that is not like that. You see, we we see people who do not or Americans or some people in this country, they see people who do not think like them as a threat. And then also at the same time, they see that because they don't have their life in their hands, they see things in a uh, old world manner, meaning that the government dictates to them everything that they do in their life or uh, dictates at least some important things. And that's not the American way. It's not. But because we see things in that old world manner, in that old world manner, we have allowed the president to gain more power. How? Well, through that old world manner, as I've said, uh, people have been tricked into thinking that the government has more rule over their lives than what they actually have been uh, allowed to have through the Constitution of the United States. So as a consequence, they see the president as a king. You see, this is happening through the so-called living constitution philosophy, <laughs> which we've talked about that in the previous episode. And so through that, through that uh, look or through that outlook, the people, by demanding from the president to serve, uh, not serve them, but to give them certain things and to cut this group off, and to establish this group, well, the president has gained more power. Power that has not been given to him or power that he's not been um, uh, authorized to have in the Constitution. You see, the people is what enforces the Constitution. The people is what keeps the government in line. See? We have to hold them honest. And 
how we do it, it it will take a long it'll take a long time for me to discuss i'm not going to get into that and that's why you have to read the constitution of the united states and the federalist papers because i can't sit up here and say everything uh in one shot it's impossible you have to read these things for yourself but to get back to what i'm saying here is that the president of the United States have gained too much power because the American people has asked for it. They have asked the president to basically uh, feed them and to make sure they have this and make sure they have that and we're going to vote for the president that's going to give us this and give us that. When us as the American people, our criteria for electing the president is Okay, let's turn to the Constitution. What does the Constitution says that the job of the president is? Okay, now, let's see who wants to be president. Okay, which one fits this criteria most? Ah, this one. All right. Okay, I'm going to vote, knowing that my vote is merely a suggestion to the electors. They can either see it and go with it or not. Because the electors, uh, from reading the Federalist Papers, the electors have the expertise uh, in, in regards to the presidency. They understand things at a certain level. They, they may see some things that I don't see. Okay. But I'm just going to put my suggestion here. There you go. And when the electors come and vote, and they make their case. And, you know, we see and then it comes out into, into the light why a certain person was selected. And most likely it'll it'll come it'll come to light uh, in many cases where the right choice was making. And there you go. And then also, too. Like I said, there wouldn't be so much fear behind it because the president would would not have the kind of power that he has now. So there would be less of a threat of a president slash king dictating how you live your life or dictating who gets what, who doesn't get what, and, and things like that. So there would be less fear attached to the presidential election. So if we if we if we understand the uh, American philosophy and how we meant to carry out these things, that's basically how it would go. But is it going like that today? No. And as a result, the president, because we're asking for the president to give us this and give us that and and take care of this and cancel this person and cancel that person and uh, and don't whatever, because we have done that. The president has gained more power because in asking some of these things, we have asked the president to do some things that is not in his power. And that has given him the recourse to write basically new laws by decree, which is executive order. Okay. And I, I see you know, it, it has its own it has its own flavor. No matter what what the side, each side has done that. Democrats, 
And Republicans have done that. Okay? So, because of that, the American people have put themselves into a position where they treat presidential candidates or some people as their gods. Some people follow Trump as their God. And then on the Democrat side, they may not have that guy yet, but they are looking for him. And then when you get to the far left in the progressive side, well, that guy used to be Bernie Sanders, but now they're looking for another guy. So, and then, of course, you have the old school Republicans. They have that guy. They may follow a guy like uh, a Mitch McConnell. So you see, you have these four factions here. Now, here on the outside, we have us who, who view the uh, Constitution of the United States and the philosophy thereof. We have no man that has been made God. We don't look at a man or any man as our God to come and save us. But these groups, they either have a man to come who who they want to come and save them or they want somebody to come and save them or they want someone to represent their interests that's not how this country is designed to work we need someone especially in terms of the presidency we need public servants who will do their job that has been lined out in the constitution of the united states and that's how true americans actually look at this situation we don't need god men here in this country that's caesar there's no place for a caesar in the american republic there's no place for a pompey in the uh american republic we need a cicero not caesar cicero kick it all not kaiser kick it all not pompey Kikido, guys like that, or a Cincinnatus, someone who does their job and follows the law after the job was done and didn't stick around like a barnacle. You see, Cincinnatus could have been an emperor at the time when he did his job, but what did he do after his time as dictator, which in the case of the Roman Republic, that means that the, the uh, country called on him to take a uh, uh, leadership of the military to to protect the republic from an outside force, military force. After he did his job, he relinquished his command and went back to his farm. That's who we need here in the American Republic. Those who will honor the rule of law, the rule of law that tells the government how it's supposed to operate. And that's how we select our public servants here in America. Notice I did not say leaders. Americans, we don't need leaders. We don't need leaders. We are looking for public servants. And so if we have that mentality, then we won't be tricked into giving things that are essential away by voting for our interests or by turning men into gods. That's very, very dangerous. 
And I can hear some of you saying on the Trump side, well, Trump is for the Constitution, is he? I don't know about that. I see Trump more as a populist. Trump has done some things that are very questionable. And one of the things that he has done, the, the chickens will come home to roost, which is these enormous stimulus packages that he passed at the beginning or authorized at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, money was flying left and right. Forget about turning on the faucet. Man, turn on the waterfall. So, all presidents have done it. From Obama, Clinton, Bush, George Bush. I'm not going to say all presidents. Did I say all presidents? I didn't mean that. Many presidents or many men who have held that office have done things that was not in the job description. But I'm making this point out there to Trump supporters because you have turned this man into your savior. And Trump, love him or not, he has a pretty large ego. He loves it. And if he has if he has some uh, honor or if he loves his country, him loving himself will overrule that because you keep asking him to do that, you see. It makes it hard for a man like him to do the right thing because you keep asking him to do the wrong thing. And one wrong thing leads to another. Now, granted, when Trump got into office, it was pretty bad. It was pretty. It was a pretty dire situation. But still, we should have been on him to do the right thing. And in a lot of cases, we were. But there were some key points where things got a little bit awry. And it's, it's these small little cracks that can turn into gaping canyons. It's happened to many presidents. Many. Not just Trump. It happened to Obama, too. Look at the disaster called Obamacare. Oh, boy. That's, that happened because people were asking him to do that. And then also, too, it was on his agenda. That's, that was what he saw as his legacy. But you see the American people were supporting him in that. You know, he, he has no business looking at that. Now, granted, the, uh, the legislature had a lot in, in that process as well. Okay, I get it. But in terms of the philosophy of this country, Man, you cannot get you can't not get no further than that. Okay, I hear some of you saying, "Well, well, that gives health care for everybody." No, it gave health insurance to uh, uh, people, and it dictated how people had their health insurance. It did. Obamacare did not tackle the problem. What is the problem? The problem is the the dilapidated condition of the health care industry through the monopoly of the drug companies. That was the problem. Did it solve that problem? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, it further entrenched them. It made them more uh, tef Teflon slippery. 
You see, in many of these situations, we think that the, the situation that they are, or we think that the solution that they're rolling out is the actual solution. Because we don't know what the actual root of the problem is. And in the case of the Obamacare situation, it's be, we didn't know the root of the problem in general because we didn't think it's right in front of our eyes. We didn't think to ask the question, well, why does it cost so much to have to when you go to a hospital and they give you one Tylenol and they charge you $10,000 for one Tylenol? Have anybody thought about that? No. When they were writing the laws for or the uh, uh, the uh, legislature for Obamacare and Obamacare was was stomping the ground that we need this. We need this. Did anybody think about did anybody think about why it costs so much for just minuscule care in a hospital? Or why there's so much red tape that has to be cut or a red tape to get uh, uh, legitimate health care? And why, for the most part, it's very hard to find legitimate health care. And then when you do find legitimate health care, the person that is giving legitimate health care may be put out of business through the government because that that person who is giving legitimate health care is not going towards the interests of the drug companies have anybody asked that have anybody during the process of making obamacare put their finger or put their pulse on the actual problem the actual corruption causing things to be the way that they were in that terrible condition. Have anyone done that? No. Have anyone been, have, have they relayed that, uh, those, have they relayed those observations to the American pub, the American uh, public? Absolutely not. So that's why most of you were cheering, in, were cheering when Obamacare was formed. And then whenever we talked about Obamacare being replaced, you cringe, you shiver in the corner because you have not identified, you don't know what the actual problem is. It's corrupt. And when you push, when you, when you place a government, sorry, when you place a government over a scene of corruption, guess what? You get more corruption. Only the people through the fixing of their mentality can fix corruption. Because the people is what brings in the corruption. And the government is full of people. And if the people are corrupt, it doesn't matter if you put the people who are who are in the government in that place to overlook that part of corruption. <laughs> You're going to get more corruption. And here we are, the American people. We're asking for them these same, the, the same correct, uh, corrupt avenues to be broadened and we don't know what we're asking for instead of looking at the actual problem see this is where we have to stop looking at the news this is where we have to actually read and study and it starts with having a basic understanding of our government look i'm gonna let you know how bad this is you know i was watching a uh the joel rogan's show you know just looking at how how uh, folks are viewing 
the aftermath of the 2020 general election. And on his show, 1560, which he published on his clip, uh, his clip channel on YouTube, he published it on November 7, 2020. Uh, he asked this question. Are you ready, folks? He asked this question. How are there not universal voting rules for each state that are federal? How is it that different states are allowed to come up with their own rules? Now, those of you who understand the Constitution of the United States, you probably fell out of your chair, either out of sheer horror or out of laughter. Because all you have to do is just open up open up the constitution you will see that the constitution says that the state legislatures state 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 not federal legislatures state legislatures must set voting procedure and they do that by establishing it in state law Again, not the governor, not the Supreme Court, but the state legislature, the state representatives. You see, Joe Rogan didn't know that. And how many people in this country listen to Joe Rogan? How many people get their information from Joe Rogan? How many people get their schooling from Joe Rogan? And it is no surprise that most people in this country do not understand the Constitution of the United States. And because they do not understand, things have been left wide open to degrade to the point to where things are today. To the point to where things are being put in danger. To the point to where Caesar and Pompey is waiting on the wings, waiting for their opportunity to fight over the caucus or the carcass of the former republic of the United States of America. You see, you're not going to get this knowledge by watching the media. You're not going to get this knowledge by writing up or by listening to a Joe Rogan or the popular podcast or whatever. You're not going to fully get that knowledge by listening to this podcast. Why? Because you have to make an effort for yourself to seek that knowledge. You must seek that knowledge for yourself. This is your one duty as an American. This is it. And many Americans this day and age have failed in that duty. But we still have an opportunity. We still can turn the tide. Are we going to do our due diligence and, and, and take up our responsibility? And by taking up our responsibility, we would know when things are not going the way that they are supposed to go. We would know that a certain person is not fit for the public office. Or we are willing to put in that effort collectively. Or not collectively, but the are we are willing through the summation of the individual efforts of the American people? Are we are willing to put in that effort? Are we are willing to change this? 
are we? Are we? Well, we'll have to see. But hopefully, I was able to defuse the oncoming surprise to a good enough part to where they won't be any riots in the streets and not just me i didn't i'm not saying that i am looking to be the sole person to to diffuse it no what i mean is i'm trying to set a a kernel out there i know there may be other people saying the same thing and have the same concerns that i am saying but i'm trying to do my part into diffusing the situation that I previously spoke of. And if that situation is diffused, then that gives us more time for more of the American people to get a to get a basic understanding of the philosophy of this country, what individual freedom was all about, how this country was built upon that, and how it works on that, and then how the government works and how the government is supposed to follow the guidelines of the Constitution and how that is upheld. By diffusing it, this, this possible situation that I spoke about earlier, it would give the American people more time to study and to get a better understanding. And as a result, it will be less likely that some man will be seen as a god in this country and also it will be less likely that someone representing very terrible interests will get into a place of responsibility or a place of service in this country. But we'll see. This is the Evergreen Tree. I am your host, Brandon Lee Lewis. Conservate Republica Nostra. <laughs>